Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My friends, I could stand here the whole night and still not adequately address the multitude of questions we have about the Ten Commandments. And just think, we're only one congregation of God's church pondering such things. Imagine how many more questions remain throughout the world, throughout lifetimes. So I'm just going to start off by saying that these few minutes I speak are probably going to still leave you going home tonight saying, but she didn't answer my question about blank. And by God's design, that's a good thing. We are meant to continue to wrestle with all of this for a lifetime. Besides, I know the reality that 10 minutes is long enough, if even slightly too much, for any of us to sit and listen to someone talk uninterrupted in the first place. I confess that there is part of me personally as a Christian, let alone a pastor, that's even wondering where to begin tonight. We have before us this evening two things to help us think about the Ten Commandments. One is the biblical text from Exodus we just heard, and the other is Luther's explanation of the Ten Commandments. May I suggest, if you do not know where your copy of the small catechism is, please take, oh oh my gosh, the pile is like already almost gone. Well done. Take those home. Don't worry, we need to order more anyway. That was great, wonderful. Um, But what I also want you to do is to take a few minutes this and in the upcoming weeks to read over, maybe individually or, and even as a household, the piece of the catechism we talked about. Because believe it or not, our kiddos are talking about the same parts of the catechism each week too. So please ask them about the cat-achism. Okay? Ask the kids about the cat-achism. A reminder, as Pastor Matt said Sunday, the exercise of talking as a family, as a household, was Luther's original attempt for the catechism. For this moment, here we go, I invite you to get one of the hymnals in front of you. You might need to share with each other, that's okay. Grab a hymnal and turn all the way in the back to page 1160. 1160. Little did you know, Some of you every week are already holding the small catechism. You just didn't realize it. And maybe some of you did. I'm going to reference this in a minute or so, so have that handy. Also, now you also know, if you aren't at home studying, you can come in the few minutes as part of your meditation and read ahead for what we're going to be talking about. So we're, again, little all the way in the back, 1160. Okay? All right. I think what would be important for us to take away this evening as we focus on the Ten Commandments, both from the biblical resource and from the catechism, is really their purpose for us. That's usually what I want you to take away from a sermon. What does it mean for me, and how am I going to live it out even when I'm not in this place? So the purpose for us of the Ten Commandments is to create an outline of what a covenant relationship physically looks like as we live as God's people. How are we going to act with God and with one another because we're in a covenant relationship as God's people? So a word quick on covenant. 
When we covenant to do something, there's a certain sort of spiritual gravity to it. We make promises all the time, and we say we're only as good as our word. True. When promises are broken and we don't keep our word, relationships are hurt. Again, true. But covenant has an even greater weight to it. Yes, that's usually because when we think of covenant, we usually associate it with God and a deeper reality of letting God or a spiritual reality have a greater pull on our lives than any other influence we encounter. So, these Ten Commandments are about a covenant relationship we have with God and one another. They're important, and they do have a certain amount of gravity that perhaps we've taken for granted over the years in living out our relationships with God and our relationships with one another and the world around us. So, some might say that the problem with rules and even the commandments themselves are all the shall nots and all the do nots. When we hear those words, themes, Things seem so limiting and so authoritative. It doesn't feel like we have much freedom to decide how to act. We either do this or we don't. The beauty of a covenant relationship can quickly get overshadowed if we just look at our actions in that negative. You will notice something as you read Luther's explanations in the Catechism. Luther doesn't just stop at the straightforward and literal meanings of each things as we might think they would and should. Luther instead expands a bit on each explanation because sometimes we need to think about how our actions go beyond literally doing a certain action. For instance, look at commandment five. Look at commandment five. You shall not murder. Well, obviously, we wouldn't want to murder someone, kill someone, Although sometimes we do have to wonder. But how else then, as you look at that, are we invited to act towards our neighbor that Luther shares in the explanation? Not just not murder. What else are we to do? We are to help and support them in all life's needs. Rather than focusing on all the shall nots and do nots, Luther helps us think about what we're invited in freedom to do to live faithfully in a covenant relationship with God and with one another, not just what we shouldn't do. So that's helpful and good, I think. Something else, as you kind of look down through the explanations, you may have noticed as you were looking at Commandment 5, there's some repetition in Luther's explanation to the commandments. What are the words that he starts every explanation to the commandment with, with only, there's one small word variation on the first, but what are we to do? Fear and love. Fear and love. The thing about being God's covenant people is that everything we do stems from a relationship with God, even every other relationship that we encounter. These commandments center us in our relationship with God, but also connect that relationship with the relationships we have with our parents, our spouse, our siblings, our friends, our neighbors, the earth, and so on and so forth. When our relationship with God suffers, 
so do our relationships with everything else. When our relationships with others suffer, our relationship with God suffers. This covenant relationship life then is all connected in every single thing we do. Let that sink in a second. Every single thing we do. Now, as can happen sometimes with that moment of thinking, I may have brought you to one of those lovely spots where you feel convicted and at an utter loss for the thought of whether there may be anything good inside you or that you do anything good in your life related to these commandments of covenant relationship. Stop a second and take a breath. Let me tell you a little bit more about what Luther says to that. Luther decided that the pastors especially needed a bit more in-depth explanation of the tenets of our faith. Isn't that nice? So where he made the small catechism for everyone, he went even further and into more detail and wrote a large catechism for the pastors and teachers of the church. In the large catechism, Luther says this. No one is able to keep even one of the Ten Commandments as it ought to be kept. Both the creed and the Lord's Prayer must come to our aid, as we shall hear later. Through them, we must seek and pray for help and receive it continually. I might also add that the gifts of confession and the Lord's Supper will help us as well. I don't think Luther would argue with that. Just like promises, just like going back on our word, covenants do get broken. And obviously the covenant relationship we have with God and with each other and the world around us gets broken. Our reading from Exodus tonight sheds some light on that. You might have heard the words former and again. That's because it's actually the renewal of the covenant God made before the people broke commandments one and three by making the golden calf. The Ten Commandments are indeed a gift for us in that they invite us into how to live out our covenant relationship with God and each other. We aren't going to do it perfectly. And as we're going to think about over the next few weeks, we're going to need the creed, the Lord's Prayer, confession, the Lord's Supper to help us become as faithful as we possibly can to our covenant relationship with God and each other. As we leave tonight, let us consider how important the covenant of the Ten Commandments are for us and how they can lead us into a better relationship with God and with each other and the world around us, rather than into a road of despair or only caring about what makes us happy and feel safe. Amen.